Hello, I am Stephanie Belcher. And I'm Del Belcher, and welcome to Learn, Learn to, to Like, like each, each Other. Hey, Stephanie, welcome to the show. Welcome to my office. It's good to be back. <laughs> it's good to be back. Hey, we had a really good response from last week's episode. Oh, did we? Mm-hmm. I, I had people say. Or... I had a person come to me and said, hey, I really liked your episode. And I thought, open relationships. That sounds interesting. And then I listened to it. And then at the end, I thought, nope, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. So that's, that's the I old... mean, I like that. Like we got feedback on it. Yeah, I like that too. It was, it was good. So it was fun. So thanks for listening to everybody. And thanks for the good feedback. So Stephanie... How how are you this past week? I'm tired and pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and that about sums it up, everybody. I, the pregnancy is healthy, and I'm a healthy person, but I think it's just growing a human is tiring. I think we're at that stage, which people say that there's pregnancy stages, and I, I agree, but this is a good stage that gives an example of tiredness. And perseverance, because although you are tired, you are still crushing it at work. You are chugging along. You got your eye makeup on. You look pretty cute today. I do have... I didn't shower yesterday, though. (laughs) It was three days in a row of not showering. (laughs) You just say, you're like, Del, make sure I shower. And I laughed and I forgot. So I'm sorry. Well, Friday night, I felt super sick. Like, I felt mega nauseous. And then... Saturday, most of the day, I wasn't sure if I was nauseous or getting something. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, I'm just going to lay in bed most of the day. (laughs) But today I'm feeling better. So So this is the Stephanie's sick radio hour. You're welcome. One of the things that's helped you get through this last week of pregnancy is the amazing, two amazing Netflix shows. Can we talk about them really fast? The Circle. The Circle, which is, we love bad reality television. So this is the bad reality television corner of the show. The Circle is on Netflix. I don't know how they're distributing the episodes because it says it's a three-week special, but there's already like nine episodes. I don't know if it's like a new episode every day, but um, it's everybody, it's like all these people are in their own apartments and they can't leave and they can only communicate to each other through The Circle, which Mm -hmm. is a uh, (laughs) post-apocalyptic style (laughs) um, end of of times um, corporate took over social media platform and they can be whoever they want. And the point is to be the last person, most popular last person. And it's amazing. Some people are being who they are. Some people are catfishing. And it's been the first episode I was like, I don't know about this, but it got going and I'm highly enjoying it. I did read a few tweets about it because I think the natural reaction is to think, oh, so it's just people like stuck in a room on social media like that's so dumb but then i read some tweets about it and this one person was like so you're in a room by yourself just talking to someone on social media it's like well that's what i do every day (laughs) i know it's like that's my job (laughs) thanks thanks tv show which is interesting because when they make it a format the in the format that it's in it does make you question things a little bit more it's very thought-provoking because like you take a current situation but then you add a little twist and it makes your mind rethink current behavior it is interesting because people want to try to present their best self or not totally who they their best self and they're like i'm going to be authentic but they're it's always kind of expressing it to 11 but then someone doesn't like them and they're like then they like well i wish they knew the real me it's like you were the one 
being not real you. Yeah, they're not going to like the real me. I, if, if they knew the real me, they'd like me. And then you aren't. And then they don't. It's like, come on, people. Well, there was this one person who every time someone says you can't judge a book by its cover, <laughs> I always think two thoughts. I think, well, yeah, like everybody knows that like the average human is much deeper and more than labels and people are really profound. But then I also think, well, yeah, but books also do have covers. <laughs> they do have covers. Like the way you dress and the way you present yourself does say a little bit about you because if it doesn't, then why would you do anything? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, yeah. like. You can't totally judge a book by its cover, but you can probably get a little bit of Unlike it. Unlike a book, you can dress yourself. A book yeah. cannot say, I want this cover. If they did, we wouldn't have this problem. I think I'm just annoyed that people think it's a profound statement. Maybe it's not. It. It's a good show. It's dumb. I think we should talk about it maybe next time. Once. Yeah, for sure. But uh, I also, we've watched Glow Up, which has also been very oh, fun. love it. Glow Up. Reality makeup contest. From England, so all the words are different. Is it British? No. Yeah. Just all the people are British. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I guess I don't know who produces it, but but, uh, but, uh, but it's based, it's in the UK somewhere. Yeah, and it's amazing. It's about makeup, and it's so cool. It's so, oh, so great. And the story arc is so good. I love it. Well, and when you watch reality TV contests, the best part is thinking that you yourself have the ability to judge people on a talent Uh that you yourself (laughs) may or may not have. This show was like watching something from a different planet because they're like, "Mm, I don't think that lip line's very, like they're using terms and things that I'm not in the world of makeup. I have no idea. I I think it looks fine. And the judges are like, that's garbage. It was interesting because when we watch singing shows or something like that, we're like, oh, well, singing, da-da-da. Or when you watch America's Got Talent, you get a really strong opinion. And I found myself with that watching Glow Up thinking, oh, I like that makeup. I don't. But this was the first. Sometimes my opinion differs from the judges, of course. But this time it was, I felt so wrong. Oh, there's so many times watching Idol or even like The Bachelor or something where I've totally disagreed with the judge. And I can be like, listen, I know you know your stuff. I know my stuff. And... This is, I think, my taste-wise, I think this is bad. But I don't even have, like, a like a thermometer for taste in that show. Like, I don't know anything. I think, I think what was interesting is in those times, all of the judges agreed, and then I thought something totally different. Right. And so it made me realize, like, wow, I really don't know anything about makeup. <laughs> so that was, uh-huh. it was good, and then it made me want to learn more. I learned about the eye crease mm-hmm. and lip lines. Crease and cut. Crease cuts and... They really didn't, they kind of like dragged on contouring a lot with some of the people who are like real heavy social media. The social media star people didn't make it too far, uh, but like all the fun, the fashion, the style, the history of makeup, like it was great. It was so fun. I learned a lot of new words. <laughs> was good. Like ding dong. Ding dong. <laughs> So I love those shows. We're not paid by Netflix, but. Well, I also liked that there were a few folks on the show and like there was one guy that was colorblind. Oh, yeah. And he really found that through makeup, it really helped him find himself and find a new identity Mm -hmm. in this artistry. But Mm -hmm. it was also really challenging for him because a lot of makeup has color. (laughs) He's like, I can't tell if this matches your skin tone or not. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, it'd be a thing. But uh, yeah, no, it was very fun. It was a fun show. It was quick and easy to get through. It was pretty moving. But I thought it was beautiful how different people can find themselves and find a bit of themselves through different 
things like makeup or music yeah. or whatever and it if is. They just allowed people to do what they wanted. Yeah. Within a with you know not murder, but you know makeup not that. is different. Then I feel like people wouldn't be as stressed out all the time. I know because there were a few people, like a few guys, that wore makeup, and they found that through wearing makeup, it really helped them increase their confidence. Mm-hmm. But it did cross over some gender norms, mm-hmm. and I just thought, I was like, I don't care if people wear makeup. It it yeah. doesn't harm anyone. It doesn't hurt anything. I wish we just let people wear makeup and dye their hair because it's not permanent. It's not forever. It's it will wash off. You can, if you uh-huh. dislike it, you can wash it off in two minutes. Just <sighs> <laughs> anyway, good shows all around. This has around. been Makeup Corner, brought to you by Learn to Like Each Other, and it's brought us together in our relationship because we really love the hobby of Netflix watching together. Yep, it's like it's less of Netflix and chill, which is really just doing it. But Netflix and like seriously, actually talking about the content, <laughs> it's a very different sort of. Netflix experience. But Stephanie. Speaking uh, of this corner brought of, to you by a sponsor. We're going to go to sponsor corner here in a minute. So uh, stick around because we've got that good, good learn to like each other research part coming up right after this. Okay. Now that all the bills are paid. <laughs> Yep. All of them. Every last College, one. vehicles, credit cards, cruise lines. Good, good. Uh, take us take us to where we need to be. What, what are people here for? So, last week we talked about open relationships. Mm-hmm. And after we talked about that or through that or I don't know, one of the things that came up was polyamory. Yes, because you, we had talked about open relationships being usually... Like, I guess, two people who are, like, agreeing to kind of have side projects, basically. It's like, if you're in a band. Side hustles. But then the band, you have your side project. Like, this is my solo album, Harry Styles. I know. I I thought of One Direction, too. Uh, Um, Zane's no longer in One Direction. Yeah, okay. Well, see, that's an open relationship not working. (laughs) (laughs) But the other ones did. Yeah, so, and then they can get together for One Direction and tour the world with all their buds. (laughs) <laughs> so something kind of like yeah. that. We talked about open relationships. Is One Direction. And, and then polyamory would be like One Direction had a hundred people in it all the time. Well, I think what's funny is I think One Direction <laughs> is a better example of polyamory oh. than it is. It, well, but there's it's a little different. That's a weird one. <laughs> Maybe it's just all analogies break down. I feel like that one's just breaking down. You know what? Let's hop off that train before okay. it falls off the tracks. Let's move in a different direction. Okay. Okay. So. I'm ready. Okay. Then polyamory is when. Every- do, you, do you just want to do this part? Everybody loves everybody. No. Am I misguided? Yeah. Okay. Well, guide me because I feel that I am the audience surrogate here and I don't know anything about this other than poly and amory. And to me, it's not like a potpourri. It sounds like a potpourri. So the sources are from Bustle, <laughs> polyinfo.org, Business Insider Healthline, and I think I pulled from a few other ones. This was really a mishmash because I didn't find one or two really great sources. Was it poly research? Okay, we need to, okay. I'm going to need you to reel it in, like just like 5%. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> I feel so much good energy right now. Good. I, the room is warm. I have a hoodie on. I'm all snuggled up with my hot cocoa and holding it two hands in front of my face like ladies in commercials. Just ready to go. So poly means... <laughs> Many? Yeah. A lot of. Like a polygon. Yeah. And okay. amore means... Love. My so, more, that's the more. So many loves. Perfect. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, so by definition, it's a relationship with more than one person. And it's different from an open relationship because in an open relationship, you usually have a secure base. Mm. One relationship from there. Okay. And in polyamorous, rela- polyamorous relationships... They're intimate, they're all consensual, and the partners know about each other. Okay. And yeah, so it's all one, the stew. Stew. Well, there's more. Okay. Tell me more. And so it's one of the types of relationships that are called ethical, under the branch of ethical non-monogamy, and open relationships and swinging also go in that bucket. Those would be a good band name. Yeah. Ethical (laughs) non-monogamy. Harry Styles, hit me up. And so there's a lot of ways that this could work out, and I'll talk about that later, but it is possible to have in a relationship one partner who's monogamous, okay, and then the other partner is polyamorous. Huh. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I just don't want people to get locked into, wait, so it has to be this way, or, or it's not this way, or if it's not this way, then like, what does that mean? Like, like, keep your mind a little open. This is an open-minded... Slash the plot thickens mystery podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So take us on the case. Yeah. So also it's important to note out note out. I don't know what I'm saying. That it's not the same as polygamy. Oh. So it doesn't mean that you're going to have a lot of spouses. A monogamy, because polygamy is a lot of spouse, mm-hmm. a lot of one one person in charge. Yes. Oh, okay, I get it. And so in polyamorous relationships, there's some people that believe in a relationship hierarchy. Okay. So that w- could be there's like one main couple and then there's some power in others. But then some people just reject the notion of hierarchy and power in relationships at all. Right. It's just a construct anyway. Isn't everything. <sighs> it also does not mean that you're okay with group sex. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily just an orgy all the time necessarily oh honey (laughs) and so they don't believe that monogamy is necessary for meaningful relationships okay yeah okay and there's some people that believe that it should be considered a classification kind of like an orientation or an identity something like that so like single married polyamorous yeah or polyamorous is like straight gay like that kind exactly of like okay. it's some people believe that it could be oh, okay. so that's... common that maybe it needs to be its own, its own thing okay that it's more of like an internal like this is just how you're wired yeah well uh-huh. i don't know about that part of it but i think they're looking for more legitimacy okay okay uh so there was a 2016 study that looked at how prevalent consensual non-monogamy was in the united states so cnm and the survey found that about 21% of participants reported engaging in CNM at some point in their life. Okay. And the sample, they did two separate surveys, but they were both representative of the U.S. Okay. So that's saying, 
If you like apply the survey sample to the U.S., it's saying that one in five people at some point have had this type of relationship. Really? Like, think about it. That's a lot. Well, think about it because it could be saying like at some point you're okay with your partner dating someone else mm-hmm. once, twice, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you're experimenting okay. with that. Yeah. So it's or, like so you're both doing that. It's been on a lot of people's radars. Yeah. One in five. Yeah. Or like it could be a point in time where you're just dating a bunch of people, but you all know you're dating. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like you need to keep in your mind that like maybe you have engaged in this, but you need to flex oh, like, like how you're applying okay. it to yourself. So maybe you're being like, you're just dating around. Yeah. Could be polyamorous. But you know all the people you're dating are also dating around. Okay. So it's very, it's okay. Cool. But there is a difference between a lifestyle choice right, versus a right, short right, right. period in time. But. Okay. Okay. I get it. Yes. Um, in that study, they did find that men compared to women, and then also gay, lesbian, and bisexuals versus heterosexual people were more likely to engage in consensual non-monogamy. Mm-hmm. I get that. I feel like it's like, well, of course, straight guys want to do that. Like, it just... They're all. <laughs> I think you're just upset that it's so obvious. It's just like, yeah, no, no, duh. Like, of course, come on, guys, just like, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. Well, what? Tell me, tell me more. Well, that's all I have for that study. It was okay. just I always try to get at how frequent it is. So, mm-hmm. at some people, at some point in their times, want I don't know. So, I don't like. <laughs> I think the stat for open relationships is that it's five percent of relationships ish. But there wasn't a study I found that was this is X percent of relationships. Mm-hmm. But this study is saying some people at some point in their lives about twenty percent have done and it's it. It's different in kind of like this classic sort of long term. Uh, polyamorous relationship it would be different than open because you're not still seeing other people you're all like kind of a collective together maybe possibly stop hold yourself back uh yep okay yeah so okay so tell me more is there- i know right <laughs> yeah, then what then what else is there i know as i was reading i was like what oh <clears throat> So it's pretty okay. cut and dry. That's but why also, there were a bunch of different articles. Yeah, because it's just like, it's this thing, but then it's, it's one thing, but it's also a hundred things. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Right. Okay. Um, poly, many. Poly, many, love. So in common usage, it hasn't been around super long, but I guess that's in comparison to all words in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. So it was entered in the Oxford Dictionary in 2006. Oh, that's pretty recent. Um, but it was first proposed as a word in 1992. So, so I guess you can write to the Oxford Dictionary and say, hey, like, <gasps> yeah, I know. Really? I know. I know what I'm going to be doing for the next few weeks. So someone proposed that it become, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Del, what are you doing? Just write to Oxford. Shut up. <laughs> make, make basketified a word, please. Thank you. <laughs> My daughter needs this. Um... So it was proposed in 1992, but it didn't really happen until 2006 because there was a lot of debate about it. Hmm. Yeah. Of course. There's always, like, smart people debating very, like, minute details about little things. Well, yeah. And dumb people debating minute details about stuff that doesn't matter. Like, But I do feel like if you're trying to come up with a phrase or a word that represents something so kind of ambiguous but kind of solidified, you know, I can see there being some debate about how to properly if we're gonna create something that identifies a concept you know okay maybe i'll give them a break yeah like we don't know yeah to your point i don't really 
know if we know why. It was probably smart people just like being petty, but... I think it was probably more people... <laughs> I think it was more likely that it was heteronormative people that didn't want to allow for a different uh, definition. Okay. I would guess it'd be more of a power dynamic where they don't want to accept that there's different people. Right. Because that would give them power and legitimacy. Right. However, maybe they're just smart people debating dumb things. It's possible. Anyway. You know what? It's one thing, but it's everything. Maybe it's both. <laughs> maybe it's all of it. Anyway. Um, but then, so here's what I was kind of getting at. Okay. I'm trying to think of where to go. Maybe I should go with, I'm going to switch these two sections around and first, because it might be helpful. So there's different types of polygamous relationships. Mm-hmm. And so there's no, like, just go with it for a I'm, second. Okay. My mind is open. My eyes are clear. Okay. I'm on the ride strapped in. Let's um, go. So the three that are kind of considered types are a solo poly. Okay. So solo polyamorous. And so this is one person, and they're not interested in becoming part of a couple at all. And they're okay with multiple relationships, but they don't want to have to pick some relationship as a priority. Okay. So we'll call them the freelancer. Perfect. Right. Freelance. Freelance. I'm Lance. I'm free. Yep. Okay. But then there's also parallel polyamory. So it's where the members in polyamorous relationships know that each other exist mm-hmm. like you're aware your partner's open and talking about it um but you don't really want to know the people right you're aware of their existence mm-hmm. you're not going to talk you're not going to be friends okay yeah i know huh. you got a girlfriend i don't need to meet her that sounds good so <laughs> <laughs> different types right uh-huh different strokes different strokes but then there's also another form called kitchen table polygamy or polyamory sorry polyamory and so it's with everyone that's in that polyamorous relationship they're all comfortable with each other and they may not all be in a relationship with each other uh but they might share holidays and meals together okay so one big polyamorous group of friends family whatever it's like one of those dot to dot things where you got to match the one side to the other and all the squiggly lines are going everywhere yeah it's like the network yeah the network got it so jim may be dating karen and karen might know tom but tom is dating jim but not karen or whatever and dave just makes a great pot roast yep (laughs) dave why are you even here for the pot roast um have the giggles today now i want pot roast Ooh. remember my last pregnancy when i made an amazing pot roast still memorable <laughs> you probably don't i do when no offense babe but when you're pregnant you eat a lot of different things i know it's weird <laughs> um so let's go back to some other definitions um so then there's a bunch of different definitions or terms that are kind of exist within the polyamorous community okay and these I stole directly from Healthline. They were so short, and I just couldn't find a better way to rewrite them. So I'm basically just cutting and pasting the main ones. I took out a few that were like, eh, okay, but. Well, you gave credit, so let's go. So primary. Primary. Primary is a primary partner or your main squeeze in a polyamorous relationship within a hierarchical structure. So these are folks that would believe in the hierarchy. Okay, got it, got it. Not every polyamorous relationship has one, right? Mm-hmm. But if you do, your primary might be the person you live with, have kids with, or are married to. Okay. So maybe you do, maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. 
secondary, a secondary partner has a more casual relationship than the primary. Okay. So you might be, you're fully committed to your secondary partner, but you, your lives aren't as intertwined as your primary. Okay. So you're, you're my number one, number two. You're my first number two. Perfect. Got it. Uh, so then there's a triad. Mm-hmm. A triad also referred to as a, I don't know how to, th- thruple or yeah, thruple? Yeah, thruple. Thruple? Three, but a couple. Perfect. It's a relationship between three people. It might look like one person dating two different people or all three people are dating each other. Okay. I got that. I get it. I see it in my mind. Three people. Yeah. And then you're like connecting lines. Yep. Like triangles with different arrows. Yep. A quad. Mm -hmm. Uh, A quad is a relationship involving four people. A common example is when two polyamorous couples meet and each person begins dating one person from the other couple. Okay. All right. Here we go. There's a full quad. Now we're cooking. Yes. <laughs> a full quad consists of four people with each romantically or sexually involved with that's, every other that's member. too much. To hand. In my <laughs> mind, I just can't. I just, that would sound stressful. <laughs> <laughs> So you'd go for the quad over the full quad. Oh, yeah. If you're ordering off the menu. More off the menu. I was like, which is the less stressful one? Yeah. That's what I want. Uh, So then there's a polycule. That's a whole Uh, network of people romantically connected. For example, it might include you and your husband, your your husband's girlfriend, your husband's girlfriend's wife, and so on. Okay. So that's like the Facebook of of polyamory just i kinda, think so okay it's like how are how is the poly community circle of life we're all connected true that yeah romantically the romantic circle of life mm-hmm. really yeah yeah so then there's a metamor Ooh, that one sounds like i know the future. i like out of all the names of the terms that one's my favorite metamor so it's your partner's partner your partner's partner mm-hmm so it'd be your girlfriend is your girlfriend too. It, it's a a metamor. Your metamor is your oh, girlfriend. Oh, oh, okay, okay, got it. So your metamor would be your boyfriend, girlfriend, partner. Mm-hmm. Okay, but you, I'm looking at you, Delbert. Yeah. If you had a girlfriend, she'd be your metamor. Which I don't, <laughs> except for you. Date your spouse. Hashtag twenty twenty. Yeah. Date your okay. 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 <laughs> And then a paramour. A paramour is an outside member of a marriage. For example, the girlfriend of a husband in a polyamorous marriage. Okay. So similarish, but okay. maybe I'm messing these up. Whatever. Whatever. You know, the words you could Google it. Google. Okay, Google. What is this? Okay. So those are a lot of different terms and definitions, but I think it's all getting at. Sorry. What are you asking? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. It's okay not to- <laughs> <laughs> this episode brought to you by google i've always heard about people with podcasts talking about that happening and i've never actually it's had the first it. time haven't had i hope everybody's hey alexa that they all start like activating that would be wonderful <laughs> iphone didn't do it maybe sh- okay anyway <laughs> oh it's not tuned to my voice no i don't even think it's tuned to mine i never even did it <laughs> um 
So now it's a question of, can it work for you? And to be fair, so in one of the articles, it was like, hey, can it work for you? And I thought it was good to include these questions because if it's something you're considering. But I also feel like the way these questions are worded. So, you know, the grain of salt is back. All right. So can it work for you? How do you handle jealousy? Hmm. Good. Not good. You're, you're good at not I'm, being jealous. I'm I am. Not. Not good. Right. But then the next two, do you enjoy variety in your sex life? Mm, nope. I just like the same thing. I call it the classic. <laughs> the but, greatest hits. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but it is. I got solid rock and roll in the top 40. I don't want some Ricky Martin music mucking it up. <laughs> Um, so do you enjoy variety in your sex life? Oh. And then the last question is, do you enjoy deep emotional connections with more than one person? I feel like these are leading questions. Yeah, they're pretty leading. They're but... not. It's just like, well, who doesn't? Yeah. I mean, you know. I know. So I think that's what they're trying to get at is that like maybe it could be applicable to you. But that being said, like, you know, if it's something you're considering, maybe they're good questions. Okay. So now it's a question of do they work? And... You're, it's probably not surprising to learn, but one study found that they don't last long. Huh. Like, it, there's not a ton of longevity here for a, some, relation, it's some a, relationships. And it's a, they probably haven't done a lot of studying about exactly. it. Exactly. Most relationship studies seems to be about, like, straight couples. I did want to make a note about that because trying to find research lately has just been a drought because I'm so sick of reading about like white couples in the Midwest and how they struggle with marriage. Like it's the same five things. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of annoying. So if you're a researcher looking into relationships, could you please look into more than just heteronormative stuff? Because we are common, but we're also very boring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super boring. Pumpkin spice lattes and tan walls in this house. I'll tell you that. Uh, it's, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so what, but one study did found that they didn't have great longevity. However, I did want, when I thought about that, I thought, but maybe that's the wrong definition of success for these relationships. Cause mm -hmm. that's really applying that. Yeah. That is the straight white sort of success is like, they've been married for 90 years. We've been doing like wedding receptions. Who's been married the longest? Yeah. Which is cool. Like in marriage, the goal is to stay married. In monogamous marriage success yeah. is dying at an old age in hopefully your together arms, within a day apart like the notebook but i think for these relationships they're defining success incorrectly because it said uh, when i started it said like one of the drivers of it was having emotional connections with lots of different people mm -hmm. and then enjoying a variety of sex right so i feel like the goals would need to be around that like did you have a deep fulfilling emotional relationship with these different people and yeah. fulfilling sex and if it re that relationship does end like you're still a polyamorous person yeah you're still maybe or you know, like and, you're still practicing and you are that. going on to a new experience which is the definition of what you wanted to do in the first place yeah you've met your goals that is success is when you meet your goals well and like there's a lot of different types of polyamorous relationships and there's a lot of terms within there so really like 
again, I'm not trying to be the millennial that doesn't have terminology, but I think success would probably be defined very differently and maybe on an individual basis in these cases. To say success is that you have to have your your quad quad forever. It's yeah. like that's not like well you're I think that's kind of missing the point. And like cutting and pasting something that wasn't meant for that definition and applying it, you know? So I think yeah, I think you're right that it's it's a different it's a different game, I guess. It's a totally different it's thing. It's different, yeah. Um but in order for these relationships to be successful, they say that you need three things, which I feel like every relationship kind of needs. Communication, mm-hmm. good communication, consent. Yes. Has to be consensual very important. and respect. Yeah, it's like I'm in an I'm in an ethical non-monogamous relationship and then your partner's like, "Um, well, I'm not." <laughs> I a, didn't even know about that. This. <laughs> that's that's a problem. Yeah. Okay. Um so there are some more books on the subject um, and then a website. So the book, The Ethical Slut, came up again. Yeah, okay. So it makes me feel like we should go read it. It could be interesting. Um, but then there's a book that's called When Someone You Love is Polyamorous, Understanding Poly People. Mm-hmm. So that might be if you know someone that's a, a, in a polyamorous relationship and you just want more info. But then I also found a really good website that's polyinfo.org. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about that is they had like some basic terminology, but then they also had, um, oh my gosh, groups, mm-hmm. but um, support groups. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you have a type of polyamorous relationship or you're looking for a type or just want more info, there's different groups that you can join with and like meet that community. Very cool. Yeah. It's probably one of those things where you start peeling back the layers of where is the community. It's probably very vibrant. It's just kind of underground and hidden from mainstream culture's eyes. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it only – you don't get more mainstream than the dictionary. And if the dictionary didn't right. accept it till 2006. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, please do more research on different types of relationships and stuff, people. Yes, please. That is our wish. That should be our new mission. We're going to write – to the uh, that would be fun. dictionary and we're going to write to research yeah and uh get them to do more more uh more inclusive stuff i know cool well stephanie do you have any personal final thoughts about this research and uh, polyamory i think what i liked about this one was that what i thought it was based off of a one sentence definition was very different than when i started looking into it and I feel like what I liked about it is it has more freedom and flexibility than some of the other definitions that we've looked uh, into. Yeah. But it is still rooted in the same things of like respect, consent, like talking with your partner, being safe, talking with mm-hmm. your partners, whatever. Oh, so I thought that was really interesting. Cool. Yeah, I learned too that it, it's, it is way more than you think you know. Yeah. And it's, uh, you really do have to get your head out of that binary sort of, well, it's this or this. Um, and like, no, we're not trying to be like mystical and crazy about what does meaning mean? But no, like it literally is more than just black or white, this or this. Um, and to help understand that, I think it really helps you understand more people. And I think if you can understand more kinds of people, it just makes you better. I agree. So I thought this was interesting. I, I would say... And I think we ended the other podcast like this. So I'm not trying to be minimalistic of anything. Like it's probably not something that I would choose for myself because I am a jealous human being. But I do like 
reading more about it and learning more about it because I feel like it helps me understand the world and like have empathy with more people and understand that just because I'm not making this choice for my relationships like doesn't mean I need to have judgment or think a different way about someone else like I can still try to have some understanding and be open-minded you know I might I uh I feel like that's a good philosophy for life I might try it out you know be understanding and empathetic oh weird (laughs) (laughs) stephanie thank you so much for sharing that today i'm sorry but i have to go my pumpkin spice latte downstairs (laughs) and my tan kitchen is getting cold it's true it is um (laughs) thank you so much for sharing that stephanie if you are interested listener to find out more about this you could just google search or ask your (laughs) ask your smart device about polyamory or um you know some of the sources that stephanie listed in the episode tons of stuff out there and again thank you so much for listening this is learn to like each other do us a huge favor rate us review us we're doing some ads to help uh, you know pay the bills and if you'd like to support us there's a lot of different ways to do that you can uh, click on the links or you can you know just listen to the show and tell your friends um we'll be back next tuesday we got a lot of good stuff coming up thanks for listening to our little suite on poly relationships and whatnot and we hope to see you again very soon yeah and i thought we could do swingers next time swingers i know it's kind of opening this like open relationships led to polyamory which led to swingers and i was like oh i'm now all right let's do it Come back next week. Just the research. For Swinger. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll tell you how it went. Uh, okay, Stephanie. What? I can't find my car keys. <laughs> Stephanie, anything else? We hope that after listening to this podcast, you learn that you can like each other. Very. Very. Much. much.